This is Table Talk 15.5 from the Fools at Late Afternoon Gaming. Tonight, we're talking mistakes, current events, and the perils of credentialism in our society. Join our subreddit if you aren't a total coward. Skip to the session if you are afraid to peek behind the curtain of our production. Or just sit back and enjoy this round of Table Talk. Okay, well, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Yeah, hey, good so, Yeah, I'll start with the Ombudsman report. So as I was listening to the table talk from last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was, all I could think about as I was listening to parapets was, oh no, are parapets going to be the new pottage? <laughs> yeah, well, they are but now. I, I think they won't be. I think it's okay. Uh, that's just something I was thinking about because, <laughs> man, we were talking about that for way too that's, long. So that's what we need to ask every new town we visit now is like, hey, would you like us to build you some parapets? Have you ever heard or, of Or, hey, we're here from the Parapet Inspection Committee. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but what did uh, they have to say about parapets on the uh, Reddit? Like on our, on our oh, or, or did you, how many emails did you get about parapets? A couple dozen, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, I never check it, so I don't know. Well, I've gotten a lot of letters in the P.O. box. Oh, cool, cool. Mostly, um... Mostly for penis enlargement? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Those come in my regular mail for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> I... No, no, no. It was a lot of, like, you know, letters cut out of, um, magazines and then mm-hmm. glued onto pages of printer paper. Right. That makes sense. That's the kind of audience we're trying to cultivate anyway. So I had brought up at one point the you can't cast cure wounds on depression as a potential... Uh, you know, like hashtag that comes out of our show that's all about mental health. Now, we determined that there's a variety of problems with it. One, it's not punchy. Two, it's not true. But I said, hey, but what if if it, as long as it abbreviates into something good, then it it can still work. Well, it doesn't because the (laughs) abbreviation would be which doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, it doesn't roll off the tongue in English. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, but what about our uh, Romanian listeners? Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, so what I'm saying is uh, it, it that was like the last thing it might have stood on, and that leg is now gone. So rest in peace. You can't cast, cast cure wounds on depression, bro. So we need a new mental health catchphrase with a cool acronym. We don't. Uh, that was just going to be something that I was going to use to, like, you know, give our messageless rudderless podcast something that you know could attract some other people right of like oh hey this podcast you know they're really big on mental health or something like that because clearly yeah and clearly I, I that's our focus later. really <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly we we need something more because the audience just uh we, has failed to materialize we need, to, we need to pick something out there to like really distinguish ourselves like i i feel like like rabies awareness is probably already taken but somewhat something okay. in that vein you know I think you're on yeah, to I mean, something, rape, though. We need to pick really a dangerous. disease that doesn't impact most people, and most of the people it does impact are lost causes anyway, and really like latch onto right. it. Well, oh, and I, I like where Nerf is going with this, where it really needs to not be something that's in, like, the top 100 concerns of your average person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, remember the, the ice challenge thing? Oh, for, yeah, ALS ice bucket challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah ALS, ALS yeah, like some, something like that, you know? You know, it does say something that all these years later, I remember exactly what it was. Yeah. I remember the ice bucket part. Yeah, but but what came of it? How much how much money actually went towards ALS research? Probably at least twenty dollars. Oh no, I don't Good want bet. us to be about curing anything. Though I want us to be about awareness, like that pink. It's all about stuff. awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just uh-huh. want people to know right. about it. I want people right. to be frustrated that it hasn't been fixed yet, and then they can take it from there. Can ours be drunk driving? Uh, I want it to be a charity with 100% overhead. I'm going to be, I'm going to raise awareness of drunk driving by driving drunk a lot. And people not, will become aware of it. Not drunk yeah, driving, but tired driving. That's what oh, we should do. Oh, yeah. How about stressed driving? Y- yeah. Oh, I, I need like, to pee very badly driving. Yeah. I usually drink a little bit before I drive because I don't want to be fidgety. Yeah. Behind the yeah, wheel. you don't want to be depressed driving. So I actually, right. I. Uh, Shepard, I really like where you're going with that. Maybe we could raise awareness on the danger of holding your bladder for too long. Ah. Oh, yeah, because you can get a 
I mean, you can a get a lot of infections doing function. that. Didn't, I, I think. There was didn't some Benjamin Franklin or someone? <laughs> and there was some old astronomer that died because it was he he had a bladder rupture at a party. It would have been impolite to, to step away from the yeah, table. Yeah, it was, it was ty- mm. Tycho. Well, Benjamin Franklin, though, notorious drunk driver. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. All those Francophiles back in the revolutionary times. So we were talking about choose your own adventure books at one point. Uh, this was part of the discussion that we had uh, during our Chuck Tingle uh, segment last time. Yeah. And <laughs> another Jack, ex- very, very long segment. Yeah. I'm surprised, Jack, that you didn't bring up the world's greatest choose your own adventure the novel. Choosable path adventure to be or not to be. Yeah. To be or not to be by who's that? That's Ryan North. Yeah. The creator of Dinosaur Comics. Yep. Haven't uh, checked it's, it in about five years, but I'm sure it's still funny. It's it's amazing, but uh, Jack, if you could link that product, uh, it is uh, far and away the greatest choose your own adventure book ever written. It's oh, so yeah. good. I second that. So the the concept of it is that um, to, uh, Hamlet was originally written as a choose your own adventure book, but something happens like. Uh, Shakespeare had like lost a bunch of the pages so he said I just screw it I'll just go with this sequence of it and make it just its own story Um, and that Brian North recovered the rest of it and is now being printed in its original form Mm. Uh, something along those lines Uh, and it's just it's a really really funny choose your own adventure book I think he made another he made one for Romeo and Juliet as well but I don't think it was quite as good I never I never got that one so but I will definitely put that link in yeah super good couple things from the session so uh at one point we i referred to the flesh golem we were fighting as sort of a frankenstein situation little known fact frankenstein is actually the name of the guy who made the monster um and the the monster itself is you know often called frankenstein's monster the two get confused a lot did you guys know that uh, that's no, actually never not heard true in my universe <laughs> oh yeah they're both just called frankenstein in uh barovia oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good point Except it's. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to test that. Um, and then, when we were fighting the flesh golem, one of you two, Nerf and Jack, one of you said, "Remember the last time we fl- uh, fought a flesh golem?" And then the other one said, "Yeah, it didn't go well." I don't remember when we fought a flesh golem. When that was, was that? so. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but we actually had a campaign before <laughs> the uh, before this campaign. Uh, it was the introduction. It, it was same. Here's another thing I can put in the link up. It's the same session we were talking about tulpas, and that combat was when all the tulpas came out. Uh, there was a flesh golem in there. Yeah. Oh, okay, I just have no recollection of that. It was it was mm-hmm. chained up like in the front door when you went in. It was in a pit, I believe. Yeah. Either way. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Previous it was... uh, audience, we've made, you know, s- subtle references to it, but we did actually have a campaign before this one. You know, I don't want to say too much about it, but we'll continue to bring it up and then say that we won't. Uh, okay, so that was all I had for the Ombudsman Report. Uh, for our podcast statistics, our downloads are, are really slowing to a, a crawl here. Mm. Um, so we're up to 545 all-time downloads. Uh, and we're just people just uh they're not downloading <laughs> uh, particularly regularly um our most recent uh episodes only have like five six downloads like that um you know i kind of so, like that i i see us yeah. as a um we're underground a podcast for for pretty advanced listeners <laughs> okay you know, advanced maybe, dungeons and dragons fifth edition yeah it, it probably you know the sorts of people that are um I, I guess just they need something that's more potent than your average game, something more sophisticated, and <clears throat> maybe more elite. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, I, I said it way back when. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dumb down my DMing for the masses. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> masses suggest that uh, we've got a little more audience than we do, though. I will not stop until I get that number down to zero. Oh, it's a no <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it, it might happen sooner than you think. That was it. That was all I had for the uh, our beginning sequence here. Uh, we mm. can do inspiration if you want as well. Uh, well, we I, I wanted to start covering current events in tabletop. Oh, good. Okay. To, to you know, really solidly date the uh, mm-hmm. 
episode. The House just uh, passed. Uh, it's got to go through the Senate, but the House just passed the thing to legalize marijuana and know, to right? cap the price of insulin at $35. Yeah, but what about capping the price of marijuana? Um, they're actually making it so that the previous price of insulin, that's how much you have to pay for the marijuana. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> well, imagine the impact this is going to have on our game, though. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. I'll be energetic yep. and really calm. That whole, not to get too political, but the, the whole insulin thing has been nuts. It, I'm, I don't know enough about the economics of it to know if just putting a law in place that says you shall not charge over this much is the answer, but there definitely needed to be something happening because the market was not handling it. Well, with hyperinflation in play, whatever dollar limit they set is going to be obsolete very quickly. Yeah, well. Yeah, $32. That's like the same amount as... 35 That's like a... 35, oh, 35 bucks. But that's like a... Makes all the difference, pounder please. with cheese at McDonald's right now. In Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, that'll be... <laughs> that's... And uh, that'll be down to like $5 2022 in uh, three years. So. Yeah. We could also talk about uh, Will Smith. That was fun. Oh, yeah. That was. I, don't, that was, I think yeah, that's. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard anyone talk about the Oscars in about ten years. Yeah, that's why I think it was all staged. Oh yeah, you think <laughs> they paid him off? Uh huh. I like that. I like that idea. I don't know yeah, any of the. Uh, I, I mean, I, I read the because I'm I'm unwilling to go farther than like headline deep on that because I don't care. Um, just is anyone like a, a Will Smith historian that can explain the I heard an explanation and right. I also have not done the deep dive so I don't know how accurate this is but um, sure. Will Smith's wife has a condition and I don't think it's cancer but it's something that caused her to lose her hair mm. um, and Chris Rock who is I guess a comedian at the Oscars made a joke about her not having any hair and that set Will Smith off that seems to be the extent of it, based on what I read. I don't well, know what based the, joke on the was, funny but. thing is, though, the you see the video footage when he makes the joke initially. Will Smith laughs, and his yeah. uh, Jada, his wife, it like is very unhappy, and then all of a sudden, Will Smith is pissed off. Like mm. you know, a minute later. Well, I got to tell um, you, ba- based on nothing but that, I got no problem with that. Yeah, well, so so there's some other funny things going on here, which was like a year ago or something like that. Um, like it became somewhat public knowledge that Will Smith's wife had cheated on him, uh, um, and uh, so, it, and it was like with one of her sons or their sons' friends or something like that. Um, so, <laughs> like, there's a lot going on in Will Smith's life right now. Sure. Uh, but my my thought about the whole thing, because I I don't really care about this kind of stuff, but this is a tale as old as time, right? Man makes joke at the expense of another man's wife. Uh, and then the aggrieved party, you know, smacks the guy who made the joke, right? It's like the talk shit, get hit kind of thing. I'm not saying that that makes it right, but this is not like this. That that sequence of events happens a hundred times a day in the United States. Um, right. And I'm sure throughout the world. Like, this is not this crazy thing. The but only thing the that's Oscars strange the about this situation. Event ever. Right. The, the only thing that makes this, you know, seem significant to people is that it's famous people doing it on on live televised events, right? Yeah. Uh, but this this is not like it's not like wow, Will Smith is is like crazy. Like, you know, what kind of maniac does this? This happens all the time. Um, so this this isn't to me. This isn't like a Will Smith Chris Rock thing, right? This is, you know, this is in some ways part of our cultures and a part of a lot of cultures, right? It's just that it doesn't happen in polite society. I wonder which is though, what this event is supposed to represent. I, I so I'm you know not an expert at like interpersonal physical violence but uh men slapping other men like slapping has always seemed effeminate to me and i I get that this wasn't like a you know he didn't slap him across the face with like a glove or something but it was i mean he he wound wound up for it and and hit him somewhat hard but i i don't know slapping just has always struck me as like a weird weird thing for a grown man to do well, and that's, I was going to say that is, like, I don't think that Will Smith went up there with the intention to seriously hurt him. Um, no. Because I mean, if he did, I mean, Will Smith's a big dude. He's about, I think he's like 6'2". He's about like 180, 200 pounds, something. Sure. And he, he's like 50 or whatever, but I wouldn't want to get hit by Will Smith. The dude's big. 
Um, like, if he went up there with the intention to actually hurt Chris Rock, he would have done it. Um, it's a, it's I, a disrespect I think, thing. I, I get that. It's a disrespect I mean, thing. Uh, but but even so, it's... I, I don't know. Men, men don't slap people. If you're going to hit somebody... Well, hit I, I, I think this is the context in which you do slap someone. It, it's not to hurt them. It's to... It, it's sending some sort of message that yeah, is physical in nature but not designed to hurt you. It's the same as spitting on somebody. I, I get that. In terms of the message it sends, which is some, also stupid, some, but... Somehow, though, and uh, not not that there's any, you know, underlying logic to this, but spitting on someone clearly expresses contempt. Slapping someone makes you look like a bitch. I, I totally disagree. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I, I don't know. Um... Well, in other news that nobody cares about, this is this is something that some of my coworkers brought up. We were laughing at it. Mm. Um, Sean Penn, the actor, yeah, has apparently threatened to destroy his Oscar or Oscars. I don't know if he's won multiple, unless um, Vladimir Zelensky is invited to speak at the Academy Awards this year. Nice. Like I think he might have better yeah, things wow. to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he, he might be. He, he, he might country, not be available. You know, due to uh, war, but yeah. he will come to the Academy Awards mm-hmm. to give a speech. So I, and this this tells you this should show you how much I care about this kind of thing. I thought the Oscars and the Academy Awards were the same thing. I was never clear on what the Academy Awards are, so but they're I, not I think the same as the Oscars. I, uh, yeah. So okay. well, the Academy Awards, I think that is like a a broad like scope of awards the oscars being one of them okay um, okay yeah because i thought i thought the academy awarded the oscar and that was their award i didn't realize there were others yeah. so I, I and i could be wrong but i think like uh emmys and oscars uh, and I perhaps just Go- Golden Globes. the academy awards popularly known as the oscars oh all right well never mind i'm wrong nerf mm-hmm. you are correct okay well and no. i was wrong uh jack now that you're done providing that correction um shepherd if you could just continue <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Just don't, 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 don't correct it. <laughs> Just keep going down whatever line you were heading down. Uh, I would have believed you. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds possible, right? Yeah, it's, sure. it's something that I have such small connection with that it's never been proven wrong. Because sure, yeah, why would it until fifteen seconds ago? Yeah. Oh, that's the other one I was thinking of. The Golden Globe is uh, the Golden Globes are the ones that aren't the Oscars. Okay, I guess I. I mean, um, never having heard. watched one of these events, except every time I try to use YouTube for anything, it recommends Ricky Gervais videos of him hosting one of these shows. Um, I like. I don't understand, even if you're a big movie buff, what the appeal of watching one of these awards shows is. Don't you already know which movies you liked? Some people might not. Yeah, well, and I think there's always mm. something of a... Like, famously, there's a big disconnect between... Like the movies that are popular and the movies that people like and watch and enjoy. Sure, critics versus the can't ones agree that with Oscars. the rabble, right? Um, and so it's all like these like, and it, I think it's becoming less true over the course of time. But it's all these like art house kind of films that no one watched and it wins the Oscar. People are like the hell film is that? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Again, not always true, but um, and then there's all these ideas of like Oscar bait, right? Where you know it's going to be some like biopic. Uh, that's like super duper serious, right? And it's it's some actors, you know, like oh, this is how I'm going to get an Oscar. Is I'm going to represent you know, Abraham Lincoln or whatever, right? Uh, and so it doesn't even matter if the movie's that good. It's just you know, can I ma- sound like Abraham Lincoln for ten seconds? So there, there's there's all these weird things with the Academy Awards that I've always just found it, for the exact reason that you just said. Duncan, like I, I don't care. Like if I like a movie, I don't care if anybody else does. Well, and, and I, some I guess of the Oscar I, bait movies turn out pretty good. Like, uh, like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer was actually right. a pretty decent movie. Yeah, yeah and that was definitely yeah. Oscar bait. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, because people confused it with Lincoln, the Daniel Day Lewis film that came out around the same time. <laughs> oh, uh, I actually do like that movie, not Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Vampire Slayer or Hunter, whatever it's called. I, mm. I think it's a great movie. Is it, I think is it's it really Hunter? Fun. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, it's the funny it's, thing, it's very, very fun. Yeah. I, I think if if it was more technical, like if all these people got, all these professionals in this field got together and they got up and like talked about how they made the movie or, yeah, you know, how they did like cutting edge special effects or stunts or did research on different roles, that might actually be interesting to me. But it's just like a bunch of celebrities talking about stuff they don't understand. Uh, you know, ba- based on you know me being very much on the outside looking in and not actually watching any of this stuff. So, 
Like all of the kind of political grandstanding, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I can barely, like, I don't even want to listen to politicians talk about politics. I certainly don't want to hear actors talk about it. Yeah, and I, I used to be a little more, like, I guess condescending towards people kind of speaking outside their field like that. Like, hey, why is this actor, you know, talking about X, Y, and Z? But I can understand it. I, I don't care about it, but I, I'm not as, like, dismissive of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, to, like, to be clear, like, hey, you've got a platform. This thing is important to you. Like, if you want to talk about it, that makes sense. I just don't give a shit what you have to say. Is all. I, I'm not suggesting that they, you know, should be. All of them need to be mute on their political stances and stuff like that. What I'm saying is, this is a show, or the, you know, these are events that are ostensibly about films and filmmaking, except not really. Um, you know, if individually they want to have podcasts or write books or make speaking engagements or whatever, and they want to talk about this stuff, that would make sense to me. But it's it's weird that, you know, if I had, if I went to a professional event that, you know, was for my field, um, but instead of, instead of us getting together to talk about what we worked on, a bunch of people in my field congregated to talk about making pretzels, something that we don't know anything about. Like, I think that would be bizarre, and people would be, like, understandably confused by it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I will counter that with saying, you know, if if it's just like, you know, oh, Shepard is hosting a talk about whatever, right? Only people who, you know, care about me or or the thing I'm talking about might tune in, right? Whereas if I'm at this thing that's much bigger than me and I get a chance to speak at it, my audience increases a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if it's something I feel like is really worth putting out, so it doesn't make it any less annoying, but there is some logic to it. I yeah, I, I can see that, and I just if people are looking to the Oscars for ideas about which way they should vote, it's just you know reason number a thousand why I think democracy needs to end. You're sounding like a separatist. I'm not a separatist. I just want to be put in charge. L- listeners of of this podcast, I have solutions, and I'm ready to implement them. I just need you to put me in power. You know, we've been over this you. before, and I and I think I'm still 100% in your court. That's because it's not working right now, honestly. My allegiance is to the republic, to democracy. <laughs> um, well, so apparently Zelensky fired two of his generals. Yeah, for being traitors or something, allegedly. Mm-hmm. I, I know there was some discussion of at least one of the guys was in charge of some holding that they figured was going to last a lot longer than it did and it fell really quickly <laughs> so right uh, i'm not surprised they started looking into it but i would be curious to see how exactly they knew or maybe if they're just suspicions either yeah. way if the guy's ineffective he shouldn't be leading troops but I- i'm just impressed that you know Zelensky still has generals that he can fire putin's are just getting <laughs> schlacked <laughs> run over by by a uh, friendly APCs and things like that. Duncan, did you get a chance to watch that video I posted earlier this week um, about some of this one Australian guy's analysis on the war in Ukraine? Oh, did you get a chance to look no, at that? No, no, I, I meant to. I had like flagged it and then uh, didn't get around to it. So it's this guy, his channel, it's P-E-R-U-N. I don't think he ever says it, so I don't know how you pronounce it. Perun? Mm. Who knows? So I'd never heard of this guy. Uh, apparently he he has like a gaming channel like that's what he does on youtube in his free time sure i'd never watched any of these videos before and they've only got like a couple thousand views each but during like his day job is he does some sort of like strategic analysis or military analysis or whatever in australia and so what he decided to do is like hey i'm just going to make some videos about like what i understand about what's going on here across you know some factors he finds important or whatever and it's some really interesting takes on like why some things look the way they do in Ukraine. As an example, in the first video that I, or the one video I posted, which is the first of this series that he's doing, he's talking about, you know, why is it that when, you know, you see these infographics about like how many troops Russia has versus Ukraine has and how much money Ukraine spends on the defense of their nation versus what uh, Russia is doing. Like, how can it be that Russia is doing so much more poorly than you might expect based on the numbers and he's talking about how like you know that money is not all necessarily allocated rationally so russia spends a lot of money on these like like you know super weapon capabilities or other military capabilities that don't really have anything to do with this conflict and the amount of money that they've actually put towards 
like this kind of conflict, like a mostly ground or air combat, as opposed to like naval, um, right? Like they haven't put really that much to it. Whereas Ukraine over the past, you know, eight or so years have been putting all of the money that they used to, uh, like for defense towards like very economically and efficiently, like the kinds of things that they need to fight the exact kind of conflict that they're fighting. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this kind of thing doesn't mean that Russia's military is just really bad all around. Part of it is just that they have, like, they were really bad about allocating resources towards the kind of conflict they are fighting. Um, and that they could reorient at some point, although, you know, it might take some time, but it's, this shouldn't be something like, oh, well, you know, well, if we now had a naval conflict with Russia, you know, it'd be a piece of cake because their military is just terrible all around. Like, no, right. Not necessarily, right? There's more factors at play. So it's just one of the things that he talks about, but it's a really interesting yeah. uh, series of videos. I'll, I'll have to check it out. I, I mean, obviously, a, a lot of interesting analysis has come out of this conflict, and unfortunately, uh, it's pushed people to draw like a lot of bad conclusions where. Um, because inevitably, conversations about like what what's going to happen if country X goes to war with country Y under the following circumstances, like that requires so many different overlapping areas of expertise that it's very hard to have an intelligent conversation on it. Uh, no, and, I disagree. I looked at it for five minutes, and I know all the answers. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much an expert now. So. Uh, that's, how, that's how that works. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and most most analyses reflect that because it'll be even if it's put together by you know, a group of experts with with different areas of expertise there i mean it's it's impossible to have all your bases covered but the um it's been interesting to see um western analysts have been really really like at the beginning of the conflict it was kind of a foregone conclusion that like yeah russia's gonna get in there and it might not happen this week but they're gonna fucking get what they want um and and they just haven't um and all kinds of like a lot have a lot of daylight has has um, kind of flooded some of these previously unknown areas where I mean the, essentially in in the West we've just gotten used to thinking of Russia as being ten feet tall um, and now we see all of these massive uh, training and proficiency shortcomings maintenance shortcomings. Um, you know, stuff that it's it's really hard to know and you never want to assume they're not doing properly. Um, but it's, it's you know, interesting to see those kinds of conclusions get smuggled into conversations on other topics. Like, there have been a lot of, um, well, isn't Russia and Ukraine pretty much the same as China and Taiwan? The answer's no. Um, you know, and, and uh, oh, well, if Russia's army maybe isn't as capable as we thought it was what about their navy and the answer is uh, you know be careful um i, I don't know I'll, I'll be interesting I, we're gonna have you know zillions of interesting papers and books that come out of this with people drawing all kinds of contradictory conclusions but um but i i mean i was definitely in the camp that i expected russia to make more gains faster in ukraine and um, I was wrong about that. I was wrong about, you know, the, the level of like EU and NATO cohesion and UN cohesion. Um, like the amount of material support that the Ukrainians would get. Uh, I don't know. It's been an education. Yeah. Well, you and, and Putin have been talking too much because those are all the same things that he's experiencing. Well, the thing is, we were supposed to meet on his yacht, but <laughs> I got there and, and it was all, you know, it's like sealed up. Did they ever do that? Did they, did, was it Putin's yacht that they had to take a bridge apart for, or was that a different one? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it was seized several oligarchs' yachts, but yeah, no, it was. Um, um, oh I no, that was, was Jeff a, Bezos. That was Bezos. Yeah, yeah, he, he had, they built a yacht in some. Um, it was in the Netherlands. Uh, it was in the Netherlands. Uh, okay. And they, they was like, they built it in a bay and then they couldn't get the yacht out without disassembling a bridge. And it was some Jeez. historical bridge that they were like, never going to disassemble ever. And they were like, oh, well, I guess we got to do it. People were getting mad. Yeah. So I, uh, first, I've, you got to wonder, did some naval architect lose his job over that? You know, because how is that not part of your 
plan. Like if you if you do your if you're in a shipyard or some other place that where you construct ships in a location, don't you think you would know the height of the bridge that you have to get under to to get out? See, I think it's a little more realistic to think that yeah, some form in there definitely did bring that up like a bunch of times early on in the project. It's like, hey guys, I. I'm looking at the specs here. We're not gonna be able to get this thing out, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up, Jim." Like, you know, we'll, we'll it's that's not a big deal. You know, we can figure that out. We'll we'll do something, and then they just table it forever. And this guy kept bringing it up, and they told him to be quiet. Well, that's that's and my point it, though. Is day of if like the the problem is this office has to go into that bridge all the time. So if you're Jim, head of construction in you know the the little shipyard that's in this bay or whatever we're talking about where you have to get underneath this bridge that's not something that you need to be reminded of that's a fucking fact of life when you build ships is they always have to go under this bridge well i wonder though and i know nothing about the story i've never heard of it until we're talking about it now was this a place where they built like things of this scale or is it a place where generally they build things that are much smaller and it's not a concern mm. And so maybe it's not the forefront of everyone's mind, except for this project. And so when Jim brings it up, they're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Mm. And then d- day comes and, oh, wait, it's not. Yeah. Good. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh. <sighs> okay. So the Rotterdam Bridge is a historic bridge that was just recently, like, had to be rebuilt, but it's a national monument. Uh, it was basically under construction from 2014 to 2017, at which point officials swore that it would never be dismantled again. And (laughs) (laughs) now here we are. (laughs) I stake my very life on it. So wait, did did they take it apart to get the... Um, The yacht through? It 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 sounds like they have committed to doing it. I don't know if it's happened Mm. yet. But... (laughs) So, I wonder... I mean, that's got to be bad optics for Bezos. Uh, I'm sure I mean, he doesn't really care. great optics for Bezos. Why would he probably care? doesn't give a shit. But, um, I I think he said he would cover the costs of taking the bridge apart and putting it back together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he, he would have to. But I mean, uh, <laughs> doesn't that show that Jeff Bezos is more important than the national history? Right? You know what I yeah. mean? Not to like, mention all the, the I, fucking that's commuters. great optics. Like, right? It's, it's yeah. Just, like, hey, the world revolves around Jeff Bezos. Right? right? That's great optics. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, have enough money and really there are no rules. Um, I I don't get the super yacht thing. And I mean, I like boats and ships and, and stuff like that. And I'm sure if I was rich, I would have something. I don't know if it would be a yacht, but um, the, the like crazy, you know, I want an aircraft carrier size thing with eight swimming pools. Like, I don't get that. Um... I, I think it's an investment. I I also I don't, don't understand I don't, swimming pools. That's a lot ships, of money to throw for something that's worthless. I, I think it's the same idea as why I do, do they want have to go like on a cruise though. Five I've never been on one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's really awesome, but I, I don't know. I just I don't care that much. <laughs> uh, mm. uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I would not get enough utility out of it. I've always thought that if I ever became like very rich, the thrill of a good deal would like. Would I like to think it would never lose its luster for me? Like, and if I went to go like clothes shopping, right? And I'm like, ah, forty dollars for a t-shirt, like that? That's crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like I would never lose that. But I, I have to imagine that if I became like a billionaire, th- like I wouldn't give a shit at all. Well, the, the other thing poop. is, you know, if you're a billionaire, you are not going to Target and buying one of those Ziploc bags with four rolled up t-shirts in it anymore. You know, someone else is. Maybe going out and buying you a probably. t-shirt, you probably don't know where the fuck it comes from. It just shows up in your closet because your, your closet has a, like a hundred dollars each. Yeah, but you know, you have a guy like some someone works full time getting you clothes now. What What's weird to me about the ship thing is like if you, I mean, if you have a speedboat or a fishing boat or you know some kind of like sport watercraft like that, you can drive that yourself. You're rich. You can get that. You can go out there and have fun. You get a yacht. That yacht has a fucking crew. You like you have to have a captain working for you. You don't get to drive it around. Like you, you get well, to ride on it, and it, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sure that's a lot of fun, and you can have parties on it, and like swim in the pool on the yacht while it's out in the water or whatever. But it, it's like that is not a toy for you. That's like something that requires professionals to operate. You have to staff it. 
But I think that's that's how a lot of that stuff works. I mean, it's like having a Rolls, right? You don't have a Rolls to drive it, right? If you have a Rolls, you're being driven, right? The the purpose of it is to be in the backseat, not the front. Yeah, but that's that's the kind of rich stuff that I'm not interested in, at least not at this stage in my life. You know, if, if I if I woke up tomorrow and I was a billionaire, my first instinct wouldn't be like, let's get a Rolls so somebody else can drive me around. It would be... Let you know. I'd, I'd like to get a like a car that's fun to drive that I can drive. Um, and there are definitely times when it's just really, really convenient to have somebody else. Like I don't have to worry about parking. I don't have to worry about logistics anymore. Somebody's going to pick me up. I walk outside. The car's there. I step into it. It takes me where I need to go. Um, I, I get that, but that seems like more of a you know a necessary evil. Um, like the fun of yeah. Be, just being on a ship is not inherently fun. Like, driving a boat is fun. Um, I don't know. I and it's, it's also how you get there, right? So, because you, you, generally speaking, you don't just wake up a billionaire, right? Now, times change, right? And a lot of the times now when we're talking about billionaires, there are people who, through tech or some other similar enterprise, right, have gone from normal person to billionaire relatively quickly, I do, over the course of 10 years. It's right? been... Uh, inherited wealth it's generational wealth so there's that but if you are talking about like a self-made you know very rich person a lot Mm. of times right they have had to do some significant amount of work to the point where their time is valuable right where you know they like they need to work on their commute right so they need someone to drive them yeah and i i get that but jeff jeff bezos didn't get a yacht so he can work on his commute and that's, I guess that's my other question is, is he like sawing back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean on this thing? Or does he tell his captain, hey, I'm going on vacation in, um, you know, Greece or something. And I want you to bring the yacht, I, you know, in a month, I want the yacht to be at this harbor and we're, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay on it for a couple of nights. Like, does he spend any time on it or, or do other people with big fucking yachts like that? Do they spend significant time on it when it is not moored? Or is it just a moving facility? That's a good question. I had no idea. Because uh, the, the logistics of getting something like that underway are not trivial. Um, but I, I don't no, think the, they're like, like setting sail. For these vessels are pretty significant. It's not just that. But I mean, if, if this is something where like you need tugboats to come alongside you and like pull you out of a harbor, like even just transiting uh, something that big, you may need like significant traffic deconfliction you know you may need to wait for drawbridges to open um you know the getting that thing anywhere is going to take a long time and it's not going to be sexy um so that I, that's you know that's what i wonder is like what what is the purpose of this thing is it just basically a, a sexy looking party barge that sees 90 percent of its action you know with a brow that you have to walk up or is it is it going places See, I, I suspect it's more of the former. Um, it, it's a party vessel that you use, you know, a couple times a year, and you're not really going that far. It's just like, hey, mm. you know, it's the quarterly Bezos yacht party. It like, seems so weird, though. And, like, imagine if yeah. I had, like, a giant... If I, like, I'm a billionaire, and I buy a C-130, and I gut the inside of it, and I build, like, a bar, and um, some some, like, hotel-style rooms... And an office and stuff like that. C-130s aren't big enough for that. C-130s aren't big enough for that? No. Give me something bigger. Give me a bigger plane. C-17. C-17. Uh, These are all military planes. Let's... (laughs) No, I I want a military plane. It's it's, going to look cool. But my point is, it's going to be... Just have all kinds of shit I want on the inside. Never going to fly on it. Um, And I just tell my my boys, like... Hey, I'm going to want to do some work when I'm in, uh, you know, Wichita later. So go park the... Go fly Big Bertha out there. I'm gonna want it there. I'm gonna sleep in it. Like that's it, weird. Yeah, you know they had these commercials for uh, I forget what it was. It was like uh, Air UAE or whatever, mm. um, and uh, or Emirati Air. It doesn't matter. Um, and it was like this super luxury plane, right? Where you know it's probably like. 30 people are on this big plane and you know you've got like your own room and there's this like bar and all this stuff i'm like how long are these flights (laughs) you know what i mean like is it really worth it to do this for you know your eight hour flight from you know uh leone to you know dubai or whatever you know like if you're at a point in your life and very few people get there where you cannot spend money fast enough because at that point why not 
Well, there's I guess there's but, another but similar those point probably though, aren't watching where TV, so the commercial still doesn't make any sense. Bear in mind that <laughs> a lot true. of a lot of people flying at that level are, you know, doing it for professional reasons, and so, uh, or you know, maybe not quite at that level, but at like the next rung down, um, where it says a lot about like if you're flying with a client or if you're flying, uh, like. If if you're paying very expensive people for their time to come from place to place, you you spring for the really nice tickets. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. So I, and it's funny you see this with like government employees and contractors and stuff like that because government government employees and military folks have to have the like shitty fold you up into the you know, into a suitcase seats. Um, it's it, I, I I think it's. You know, it, that's a rule. Like, you know, you are... Um, you're obligated you're to do whatever the, right. the most economical option is. Exactly. You're, you are obligated to take the basically the cheapest seats. And that's not true on the contracting side. You know, that is a... And, and it depends. If, if um, like, you know, if, if the, the government client is paying for the trip, then they're not going to pay for anything but the budget stuff. But if, if the company's paying for it and the company's hiring you know, a retired general or something to consult on something, then that the general's probably going to be in fucking first class. Um, but yeah. So in some cases it's kind of, you know, spending money to make money. Sure. Yeah. Or yeah. Or it's some company like, or it's like a, you know, Vegas is flying you out cause they think they're going to get $3 million off of you. So they spend a hundred thousand dollars to get you there kind of thing. Yeah. And there are other things like, I mean, in any job where you travel a lot, there are, people can invent reasons not to, to, you know, varying levels of success. And if you say, if you want your big dog to fly nine hours someplace, an e- a much easier way to get him to agree to it is to say, I'll put you in first class. Because um, a lot of times these are, you know, the, your, your big dogs are going to be older people that do not appreciate flying coach. Um and if you spring to make it more plush, all of a sudden, you know, they're they're more amenable to, to traveling. How many times have you guys ever flown anything other than coach or its equivalent? I have been upgraded to first class before. Um, like, I've never paid for it. Um, but I've been in, you know, I've been gotten lucky before. Yeah, same one time. <laughs> I've yeah. gotten lucky once. I don't think I've ever I won't, been first class. If, if, if I could shave I 30 bucks off my ticket it. and be put in the like the you know luggage area i would do it yeah and that, that's the thing for me is i mean i've done some pretty long flights um you know i'm frequently flying over the pacific yeah. you know over the course of my adult life and you know it it seems like it's worth it you're like oh man it looks so much nicer up there until you see the cost and yeah. you know forget it now i'm sure it's even worse now but you know five years ago even sure. you know the price of your ticket it's like you know 700 extra dollars a thousand extra dollars right right in first class i'm like question is 12 hour flight like it it can't be that good if the if the front of the plane could get uh where i'm going you know two hours faster then i you know now you have my attention Um, right yeah yeah yeah. but yeah i mean i can't help but do the division and go yeah that seat looks more comfortable and they have like a little desk but um at the end of the day i'm still not gonna be able to fall asleep and that costs a hundred dollars an hour more Right, exactly. Um, it's like, you know, tomorrow, it won't make a difference, you know, in my experience, what yeah. happened, really. Yep. But it will cost me an extra thousand dollars, so why do it? Yeah. Um, so I've I've never seriously considered it after looking at the prices. Mm-hmm. Man, I am, uh, I'm going to be flying later this year. Uh, I, I, I filled up my car the other day, uh, <laughs> and it was like $70. <laughs> uh which is much, much, much higher than it was, you know, six months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how much it's going to cost me to, to fly, because uh, I'm going to be flying a pretty significant distance <laughs> uh, later this year, and I wonder, I wonder how expensive that's going to get. Yeah, yeah, it'll it's be- something. I took, I took some local vacation recently. Oh snap! People were like, oh, why didn't you go? Yeah, I just, I took a week off. Um, I've got a lot of vacation days stored up right now. Um, but uh, a bunch of people are like, oh, why didn't you go somewhere? I'm like, have you looked at ticket prices? <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, COVID, there's all these restrictions of, you know, where you can go and all yeah. that, depending on where you're at. The area that I'm in is very restricted. 
Um, and a lot of areas, because there's so much COVID in the area I'm in, a lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 you, you can't fly in from that spot. So, like, I'm basically trapped anyway. But even if I wanted to go, it's like, I'm not going to pay $3,000 to, you know, spend a week somewhere when I could just, you know, use that time to just not come to work and save a bunch of money. Yeah, I... I mean, when the restrictions started with COVID, I just said, you know, that's it. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm unwilling to spend any vacation time on half-assing it. Um, so, I mean, when I had to spend it, sure, I would stay home and just do stuff at home. But I'm not, I'm not interested in wearing a mask in my free time. Um, and so I, like, I changed jobs in like early mid 2021 and i i had intended on taking an extended vacation between the two um and all all of that just fell apart um and i just immediately started the second job after leaving the first one and now i'm i'm in a position where um i i want to take a decent vacation but i don't get that much time off at my current place and so i i think what i'm going to wind up having to do is after I work here for a couple of years, um, I'm just going to quit and have to, you know, take an extended vacation then and come back and find a new job because uh, there's, there's really no other way to do it for, for any extended period. Mm-hmm. That's why I think you should become uh, uh, like a middle school teacher because then you actually get a summer vacation again. You know, oh, wait, no, you're not allowed within 500 feet of schools. Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I think they do a lot of stuff remotely now. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that's how you get around it. <laughs> that's a great response. <laughs> so that's still very much on the table. That is, uh, I, I'll tell you what, I'm so glad that I am not, and I've said it before, but not going to school during this, because that just sounds miserable. Yeah. Like, it, there's yeah. no way those guys are actually learning like anything. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm glad I went to school when I did. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have had some virtual learning or working experiences that weren't terrible, but school is so expensive and so much of what you're paying for is the facilities that I think it would really chafe me um, to like be footing that whole bill and basically, you know, getting something that could be a recording. Yeah, and right. Yeah, you just subscribe to great courses now. I mean, what's the difference? Oh yeah. I, I, in all seriousness, though, I mean, and I, I think this is you know, considerably more apparent now that I'm an adult and I, I have more discipline than I did when I was a kid. But you can learn pretty much anything you want for very little money. There are tons and tons of you know good online resources for anything. And I mean, at, at the at the surface, kind of superficial level, that's very true. But there, I mean, you can buy used textbooks if you want, or there, there are a lot of, you know, you can do things similar to like auditing college courses, or yeah, there's just a lot of material out there. If, if you're not worried about the credential, short of practical stuff that inv- like really necessitates that you be there in person with, with somebody dedicated to you that can see what you're doing, you can get so much, um, you know, as as long as you don't need the certificate at the end, right? And that that's the big sticking point is that we are so credentialist as a society that the value is the paper at the end of it. So um, I had a conversation about this today that killed me. Um, there's uh, my the company I work for right now is they're making a big push to um, get get people additional trainings that are, are useful and and uh, which is generally something I'm, I'm a big fan of. And one of the things that they're offering is project management professional PMP. I don't know what exact yeah. route they're taking, but they're you know they're offering uh, to pay for people to go through the coursework and I assume take the exam. Um, and it's funny because I this is something where I I went through the coursework and ultimately didn't take the exam because I hated the coursework and thought it was a I thought it was stupid and a waste of my time. Um, and and the credential would not have gotten me anywhere I wasn't already going to go. So it wasn't wasn't necessary for me to go through exam prep. So I yeah, some people were asking me about it today because they were you know, I have some coworkers that are interested in getting it. And um 
you know, they, they were very frank. They were like, yeah, I understand that it's like not actually useful and it will do nothing to make me a better project manager. I just really need the certificate. Um, right, because a- it's, it's, it's all about whether you have the cert or not. Right. Yeah, because nobody gives a shit if you're a good manager. Um, they want to be able to say when they... I, and don't, I, I'm not trying to make a statement about, um, you know, what individual companies are looking for or anything. But, I, like, in general, I mean, if you're just in the, the horde of people on LinkedIn trying to get trying to get through the, the um, you know, the resume filter at some company while you're applying, it's not, nowhere on there is it going to say, you know, I'm good at my job or not. It's just you need to have all your achievements on there. It's something we talk about a lot at my workplace. I work in a, you know, an IT kind of field and IT is very credentialist, right? It's, yeah. you know, you've got these CompTIA or Cisco or Microsoft or whoever certs, right? Um, and so in order to have certain administrative privileges on the network or for, you know, desktop support, you know, whatever, you need to have these certain things. So I've got a bunch of people who work for me who are like totally proficient in these things and just don't have the cert. They can't do anything. Or not that they can't do anything, but there's like their access to accomplish our like our jobs is is rather limited. Mm-hmm. Compare that to me or as a supervisor, man. I I really don't know how to do a bunch of this stuff, but I have that certificate. Like I did it years ago because I'm like a legendary test taker and I can pass anything. Uh, I don't know the first thing about what to actually do with this cert, but I've got it. So if I wanted access, I can get access to anything I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So this this credential is it's. You know, it's not an indication, as far as I'm concerned, in my field of your capability. It's just, have you gone through the effort of getting this cert? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny because um, it's almost a, a numbers game. Like, you need to have a bachelor's degree. And whether that bachelor's degree is in, uh, you know, chemical engineering or it's in, uh, you know, French medieval dance... Um, You've got the bachelor's degree box checked. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, and, you know, we see that with master's stuff too. Do you have a distance master's in some, you know, techno- science of technology or, you know, some, something goofy like that? Or do you have a materials engineering degree master's from MIT? Um, you know, box checked. You got the master's. It's another 10K. Um, it's, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I was expecting corporate America to be more, um, I guess, capitalist. Well, yeah, you'd think they could optimize it like a bit, ruthlessly, you know? yeah, profit-oriented, right? Great yeah. arbitrage to be had in yeah. in a world where, but but it's all about incentives, right? Because the really the person making the decision is the hiring manager who's going to have to defend this if the person ends up not being all that effective, and sure. it's a very safe choice to say, oh, well, this person had a degree from Harvard. Yep. Yeah, so, that's, that is undeniably part of this calculus. One thing that I, as much as I complain about my job, and you guys have heard it before, so I won't rehash it. One thing I really like about it is a lot of the qualifications that we need can only be supplied by the company. And in a lot of cases, only at the specific location you're working at. You have to be qualified specifically for that area. Mm-hmm. So everybody's kind of working with the same stuff because... You know, it doesn't matter if you came from from Harvard or from Podunk U. What matters is how you got qualified after you started working here. And so yeah. it's a nice leveling thing. But most most places don't have that, and it just sounds awful. Well, it, it's I've totally reversed course on some of the undergraduate degree stuff that I, you know, when I was doing my undergrad, um, which by the way is the only degree I have. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I was like, oh man, I really got to make sure I, I focus on getting an undergraduate degree in a field that you know it's going to be profitable or something. So I got my degree in computer science, and now looking back, I, like I wish I had gotten my degree in English because I really love English and it would have been fun to actually learn something about it. Uh, because now I I feel like it just to your point, Duncan, it doesn't really matter what my bachelor's degree is in because like no one really cares it just matters that i have one so i might as well have gotten it in something that i actually care about even if that doesn't on its face seem like a good decision because it's uh what are you going to do with an english degree right it's like well i would have had fun and i would have i would (laughs) have learned something that i care about as opposed to just having this degree that ultimately didn't even matter but is you know purportedly in a field that is profitable or something yeah i kind of look at that the same way that i look at 
like SAT and ACT scores coming out of high school, right? They matter a lot in order to get into college. The moment you do that, they don't matter anymore. The degree you have and the grade you have matter a lot for getting your first job. And after that, they don't matter. But they do matter for getting that first job. So, having, right. But yeah. the program I went through, I was basically guaranteed a job coming out of college. That's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, your circumstance so. is different. But <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I um, It's funny because when I was in college, I, I mean... I, I got a degree that I'm interested in, and I won't say what it is because it's going to be too identifying, but um, I did pick in part my specific program because I thought it sounded complicated and impressive, um, and that has been that has paid bigger dividends, I think, than anything else I got out of college, um, which is, I mean, I liked my degree program, and I thought I learned some good stuff in it, but it's clear to me now that the cynical move to pick a specific program with like a complicated sounding name has probably been more important than any individual thing I actually learned. Um, right. And then I, uh, but part of it is like, I, I, I went into a, a field that was really heavy in engineering and I knew that like, uh, Jack was saying, I knew that I, if I didn't wash out of the thing I was going into was going to wind up with a, much more powerful engineering certification than anything I was going to get in college. So I knew people who were planning on doing the same thing and they got engineering degrees. Um, or, they, you know, in some cases they got engineering degrees that were like directly in line with the, you know, the future certification they were going to get from the program we were going into. And I thought, I mean, that makes sense from like a prep standpoint, but I figured if I can get a different degree, and then I can just gut it out and survive. Right. You've this got next two program. things going for right. you, as opposed to one. Right? Yeah, ex exactly. And so that has also been a, a boon because now, being on the other side of all of it, I have two very different sounding but impressive credentials. Um, you know, never mind that I can't remember how to do anything from the first one. Oh sure, man. You tell me to start coding something right now, it, it ain't happening. Yeah, um, I was put in a position I, a few months ago where I, I needed to try to flex some muscles from my my uh, college years, and holy shit, it hurt. Like I I was I felt so dumb because I I mean I, I had fooled myself into thinking I had remembered a little more than I did. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know to my earlier point, like the things that I found that have helped me the most in my professional career are things that I did not learn in my, uh, in my degree program and really didn't even learn anything about it at college as part of a class. It was just kind of part of just, you know, sort of parallel to all this other stuff I was doing. It's like using Microsoft office products, learning to write, read and speak better. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff, like all of that has mattered greatly. And then all the stuff that I learned like directly as part of my classes, I, I couldn't even remember half of it. Yeah. The, the, the most important stuff I've learned has been either from practical experience on the job that had, you know, very little to do with training, or it's been things like blogs and books. It hasn't been, you know, formal degree programs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to, I plugged it a little earlier, but I like things like, um, I've never used Skillshare, but... Uh, it's Wondrium now, but it used to be The Great Courses, mm -hmm. uh, where it's just like, oh, you can just watch a lecture series about mm -hmm. something or other, right? I just started one uh, today, actually, about uh, photography, because yeah. that's something that uh, I'm, I'm interested in. I've always wanted to kind of dip my feet in, and now seems like a good time. Well, to my point earlier about expensive vacations, instead of spending three grand on a vacation, I can spend less than that on like a pretty nice camera and a set of lenses and then that'll last me a while as long as I take care of it and mm -hmm. I can develop a skill and you know that's right now it seems like a great time to get into something like that so why not uh, Yeah. and you know there's so many more resources out there now that you know I don't need to go to a community college and take a class on it just go online and great courses or Skillshare or you probably there's plenty of YouTube stuff out there you know whatever I just already subscribed to Wondrium so yeah, I I, uh, I did the great courses for a while and uh, really enjoyed it, um, but I haven't haven't looked at it in a couple of years now. Maybe I should get back into it. I have since I've been commuting more, um, or rather, since my current job has a longer commute. I have been listening to more audiobooks, and I also um, 
I've been doing this thing recently where if I'm playing a video game, I will, if I'm playing by myself instead of listening to the game audio, I will listen to an audiobook. Um, yeah, I mean, Elden Ring is perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the old Dark Souls 3 Joe Rogan combo has given way to Elden Ring and uh, audiobooks, which I, I think is, you know, that's a, that's mature. Speaking of books, um, I wanted to bring up, so I did read a Tingler after last session. Ah. Uh, I, I said that I was going to buy one, and I did. Why don't you describe it, and then we'll try to figure out what the title is. <laughs> that will be impossible. <laughs> uh, so, one second, let me... Um, Pounded in the butt by my butt, but... Close, close. Uh, how do I find my Kindle library? Well, while you're looking, I'll just make one final comment on the whole credentialism thing. Speaking mm -hmm. as somebody with a master's, they don't help. <laughs> they don't help at all. That's good, that's good. I, I often forget that I have one. A note on matter. that. Um, you know, it, it, my, my company, like many companies, um, yeah, they can't tell you not to talk about your pay, but they stress yeah, they imply that heavily yeah. that They imply it's, heavily it's that you shouldn't and that it's impolite. if you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of the that. older folks totally buy that line, right? They're like, oh, yeah, it's really impolite to talk about it. Like, uh -huh. man, they, they, they have you fooled. But um, right. I, you know, because I'm a millennial, uh, all of us know exactly what we all make because we talk about right. it. Um, yeah, well, it increases your negotiating power if you know what everyone no, else is the, giving. There are clear, you know, game theory reasons for me to know what everybody else makes. And then, like, we all get that. But... Um, yeah. my, what I'm saying is one of the, one of the guys in my kind of cohort of employees has a master's and the rest of us don't, we make the same amount of money. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. and, and it's funny because there are, there are some people that are doing this whole, you know, oh, I'll do 80 hour weeks for a couple of years to get my master's. That's a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the answer is sure. If you want to age at twice the speed. <laughs> right. Um. Okay, so the name of that book is A Butt in the Mist, Stirred to the Core of My Bodice by the Duchess Triceratops of Helena. <laughs> um, right. So the funny thing about this book is, you know, I, I got it on Kindle. It, it took me like, I don't know, four minutes or something to read yeah, that long. book. But then the second portion of it is it's like a bonus book that's longer than the, the first one. <laughs> and it was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember if I had a name, but it was basically... Um, this guy, I think his name was like Buck Chingle or something like that. Uh, it's it's just Chuck Tingle with a different for name. Somebody real, <laughs> right? And he met the physical embodiment of one of his books, like on a flight out to Hawaii. Uh, they just both happened to be going to vacation in the same spot, and they were both asexual. Um, and it was it was about them, like kind of the the embodiment of one of his books kind of figuring that out and like how to live like that and then at the end it becomes very like surreal where they both realize that they're like this is part of a book as well uh and they're kind of like you know kind of accepting that once the book ends that their experience ends too it's like this is really bizarre <laughs> it was very very strange but entertaining so in the chuck uh, tingle book that i read there was some similar stuff going on where towards the end it it's like he's getting bored and so it just gets very meta and right surreal and uh i don't i don't know there's there's a lot of self-awareness in the books um but it also sure. make it yeah. makes you wonder if he's just thinking i don't know what's gonna get this far <laughs> maybe yeah they're only buying it just to have it right so nobody's actually gonna, gonna open it. this book so i'm just gonna write some crazy stuff yeah you buy a chuck tingle novel for the same reason that you buy a rolex <laughs> you know because of their great durability and right. uh, because it's made because, of timeless. Yeah, because you materials. can say that you have one. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm. um, but I also uh, bought and read All You Need Is Kill, mm. which we talked about last time. So mm -hmm. uh, I read the novel as well as the the manga, manga-ization. Um, and they're both very good. Uh, mm. Very different from the film Live to Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow, whatever you want to call it. Uh, which I also rewatched that film. Still very good, but um, really interesting. I think if if you have seen that movie and you like it, I think it's worth your time to read the book uh, because it gives like some very different perspectives. It, it, the ending is very very different, mm -hmm. uh, and I I think if I had to pick one that I like better, I would pick the book. Um, but not really interesting. I'm, I'm glad uh, I finally got around to to checking it out. So let's get to inspiration uh, before we get into the session. Mm -hmm. Jack, what do you think? Uh... 
trying to remember what all. I'm trying to remember when the last session started. I remember we, what happened. We went hunting, the and then we went up to the abbey. Right, it was the hunting. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I guess what I'll go with is light of dawn for trying to prevent the fighting when Eisen was just like, "Oh, this looks like an enemy," and <laughs> light of dawn was like, "Hey, maybe not," which I thought was entertaining. So I was actually gonna go the opposite direction. I thought it was uh, pretty great that. Uh, you know, our barbarian, you, right, plays the role of the barbarian. Where he's like, nope, looks bad, I'm fighting it. Uh, and uh, and it also kind of helps get around uh, the, we somehow managed to get out of every fight, which is not a criticism of us never fighting. It's just an interesting way that our uh, our campaign has turned out so far is that we... We seem to avoid them like to, a plague. We tend to, or, or at least I try to, like, talk our way out of situations as much as possible. Um, we're somewhat conflict-averse, which is not normally the way you play a game like this. And I quite like that. I love being, I love trying to find those other ways around it and, and seeing if we can talk through things. I, I think that's great. But it does, uh, it does help to have someone who's like, no, let's just fight in the event that we want to do some fighting, which, as far as I'm concerned, we could get through the rest of the campaign without fighting, and that'd be fine. We're going to sit down uh, with Strahd for tea. He'll be like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. Right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, but but I would say, Jack, good for you for not letting me try to talk our way out of the situation again <laughs> until we eventually did. I, I was going to throw in my vote for Jack. I, I really enjoyed what Aizen did at the party, going around and, like, psyching everyone up. And, <laughs> yeah, and going, like, yeah, we're going to go up there. We're going to clear out that abbey. Everything's going to be better. Um, Deliberately doing the thing the yeah, Burgomaster asked us yeah, not to. I, I, that yeah, was pretty funny. Yeah. Very in character, too. I liked it. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, Two votes I didn't have enough One inspiration, so. <laughs> can, we get a, can we get an inspiration inventory? No, because I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, you'd have to listen to the entire series all over again to get that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to. I know I'm sitting we'll on counting now. I'm going to, I'm just going to say I have four. I know I have more than that. So that's a safe mm. guess. Well, yeah, so, and I remember that two. you, you do have a D4, a D4 to roll against. that I can use against Shepard. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm saving it. I'm very, I've never lost track of that one. Believe me. Mm. <laughs> it's just the, the opportunity <laughs> to use it hasn't mm-hmm. really come up yet. Okay. And it so, needs so to be life the, or death. What's the drink for this session? Um, Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper, uh, yeah. Orcs, red I was going to say Pib Ultra. Or Pib Extra. Mm. Pib Extra. You know, I've got a, I've got a Mr. Pib shirt that it's I got in high school Dr. that I still Thunder. have. This is a great, great yeah. shirt. Do they make yeah, Mr. Dr. Pib Thunder. still? You can they do. You can Pib get it extra at Wendy's. Five guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'll take yeah, you there. It's awesome. Oh, thanks, bud. Okay. Uh, let's break. Because I'm one step closer to the edge, and I'm about to break. <laughs>